Hello. I know I'm interrupting, but before this podcast, 3CR has an important public service announcement. Currently, we are running our annual radiothon, where we ask for your donations to keep community broadcasting alive. We rely on your support to keep media alternative. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And with that done, I hope you enjoy your show. Wednesday Breakfast acknowledges that we broadcast from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri and Bunwarung peoples of the Kulin Nation. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and we acknowledge the continued resilience of First Nations peoples in the face of ongoing colonisation and settlement. We recognise sovereignty was never ceded and a treaty has yet to be signed. This is 3CR Breakfast. Alternative news, analysis and current affairs. Monday to Friday, 7am to 8.30am. Good morning, everyone. Uh, you are listening to Wednesday Breakfast on the 12th of June on 3CR Community Radio. I am Will. I am Edwin. And I am Rob. And um, hello, everyone. Hello. It's Radiothon! We did um, not plan that. I'm really proud <laughs> that didn't mess up more. No, no, you can tell that we didn't plan that by the way that I allowed the uh, the microphones to spike. So, yeah. sorry to our listeners. Apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to happen a couple more times because I am not a professional. In fact, we're all volunteers, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We are volunteers. Yes. And that's kind of the whole crux of why we're here today at mm-hmm. Radiothon. Mm-hmm. I mean... For those who don't know, we have been saying up until now, but for those who don't know, this tiny little radio station here in Fitzroy is completely volunteer-run, kind of owned, and a bit of a community mm. love machine. We do have some we do a have very small cast of staff, and they are fantastic and really supportive, and we love them. Um, but for the rest of us, it's like 400 volunteers who, mm. you know... Like it's huge. You know, yeah. keep the... Keep the shows running, keep the, the reception manned, or, or personed rather, and um, who, who have like stock the coffee and stuff like that. Uh, not, not stock the coffee, but put out the coffee and stuff. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just lots of, lots of you know, hands doing lots of work for free because we really believe in what 3CR Community Radio does, which is uh, raise up and provide a space for community voices in contrast to what we have in the mainstream media. And I think that's really really valuable. That's why I give up my, my every Wednesday morning. I don't know about you folks, but yeah. Absolutely. And of course, this is why we are holding the fundraiser, because unfortunately, mm. we we do need money to continue. Um, yes. This is a volunteer-run thing. This is We do have a studio here, which is <laughs> made in the, the 70s. It's yep. <laughs> we've still got relics, and we do need to uh, maintain a lot yep. of the stuff. We need to maintain the microphones, the computers, the laptops, um, the coffee, the, mm. <laughs> the pens, all these sorts of things. And so during our annual fundraiser, right Radiothon week, which goes from the 3rd to the 16th of June this year, mm-hmm. um, we kind of raise funds just to keep ourselves, just to keep us on air, yep. keep our technical appliances going, you know, maybe buy a few new editing programs because I think our, mm. our one currently is from the late 90s. <laughs> just yeah. that sort of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Now, we do have a show today, mm-hmm. so shall we start with hellos? Um, what, what have you folks been up to this week? I went for a hike, actually. Ooh. I went to Werribee Gorge. Have you, either of you been there before? No, but it's like, to. It's only about like an hour away from Melbourne. Yeah, it's like yeah. this nice little like pocket, and it's like this like 10k loop, so it's pretty pretty short, but it's this fun little bit where you like scramble across the rocks, and okay. it's like a little wire, and you have to like hold on to it so you don't fall into the river underneath. <laughs> fun. So it's like a little bit of adventure. So it's, yeah. like, it's a nice little, nice little getaway. Yeah, but, fantastic. That yeah. sounds like so much fun. How are you, Ive? 
I'm good. I am officially on holiday until the 21st of June. Nice. I finished my semester. Yay. So assignments done, assignments out of the way. I have time to actually um, exist, and I'm enjoying existing thus far. Existing thus far has just been watching yep. a lot of movies, going for some walks. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> seeing hey. things again. Mm. <laughs> but you've completed your first uh, your first semester of uni. I finished my first semester. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a couple of um of sound effects we'll be playing throughout the show because it's cheesy and I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so f- for myself, I went to remember how we interviewed um April Watson two weeks ago. April Watson is a campaigner against the public drunkenness laws. Yeah. Mm. Um and um was also is also the daughter of Tanya Day, who is a proud. Um, Yoda Yoda woman who was um, pulled off a train on charges of public drunkenness and then um, died in custody not not very long after. Mm. And so um, I went to the the panel discussion that April told us about, oh, and which was held at the Wheeler Centre last week, um, last Wednesday after the show. And um, yeah, it was really great. There was a lot of really um, valuable discussion from people who actually know what they're talking about, mm. which is um, which was really refreshing. Um, <laughs> and in particular, I, I appreciated um, the contributions that um, Niukugori had to put forward. Niukugori, some folks may know, is involved with um, Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance, um, but is also in her own right a, a writer and a thinker and um, um, a community voice. And so. Um, uh, a point that Nuyuka made, um, I, I suppose this is only really relevant to, to Indigenous people, but it's still something that I, that I found really interesting, was that um, this, uh, the, a shift away from uh, sort of relying on police to do our community management for us, um, uh, she framed it as not um, self-determination per se, but there are cases when some incidents, and I'm just paraphrasing here, some incidents... Um, exist where there's there's a I don't know, there's some sort of violence or there's um accused accusations of some sort of wrongdoing in a community, um, and they decide not to call the police as opposed to um, you know, just creating um some sort of legal situation. And that's a thing that you can do deciding to de escalate yourself um de escalate a situation yourself and not call the cops. And this isn't something that I'm necessarily um endorsing because I still have to wrap my head around how that would work in my community, mm-hmm. um, but that's just a really interesting point that, like, you know, these these legal systems exist and they are oppressive, and so we have to sort of forge ahead with our own alternatives. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. and I think that was a really interesting point. That's the, that's one of the big takeaways that I came, sort of came away with from from that um, that panel discussion, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, Sounds like you had a thought-provoking weekend. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For real. For real. Um, yep. Yeah, and then um, I also saw. Um, Omasaka and um, Seka and um, Melanie Chang, um, two two really great writers as well, at a free event mm. at the Wheeler Centre. These were both free as well. So there's so many like really interesting free panel discussions and talks and, and all at the Wheeler Centre. All, all these these were at the Wheeler Centre. Um, there there was another one last night that I didn't turn up to, but it was a, a whole lot of podcasters, um, including the the people who produce Call Me by My Name, which is that oh, um, yeah, sort yeah. of trans storytelling mm. uh, podcast that's coming out with season two, I think, at the end of this month mm. or beginning of next month, which I'm really excited for. Um, so, yeah, just keep, you know, know that, know that there's lots of free stuff going on and we'll endeavour to, to let you know when that stuff happens, yeah, um, as we did with uh, the last panel discussion on public drunkenness. So, yeah, we, apart from Radiothon... We do have some interviews, don't we? We do have some interviews. Ah. So coming up at 8 o'clock, we're going to be talking to the Human Rights Law Centre about uh, youth justice in Australia. Mm-hmm. So they'll be talking about a big event that they're holding soon, which kind of brings together all these different 
parts of society to talk about youth justice because obviously the ramifications of a lot of our youth justice systems, harsh sentencing, abuse with institutions and stuff, has a wide range of effects. So she, she's going to be coming in and talking about how kind of like all these groups have got involved to kind of talk mm. about possible alternatives mm. we could take to make it slightly better. And then we've got Dennis Muller coming on talking about the power of kind of radio, independent media, the threat that we're yep. seeing yep. to Australian media with the um, APF raids mm. and uh, that we saw in the last week kind of thing. Uh, yeah, so that will be um, – we'll be ending the show with some nice interviews. Yeah, yeah. great. Um, so just before we go into alternative news, it might be worth letting people know – that um, uh, it is, of course, Radiothon, and it wouldn't be a very good Radiothon show if we didn't tell you how you can help support um, mm. community <laughs> radio. Um, firstly, I think it's really important to know that you are part of the community as much as we are, and so you're welcome to come in and join us at 3CR as a presenter. Like, you can't just walk off the street and immediately be on, on the air, but rather you can come in and join as a volunteer. That's what I did. Mm. I didn't pass a test or anything. Mm. I just walked into the door and said, Hello! I, I really like 3CR, can I, can I help out? But importantly, also funding is something that we need. And so um, we, we're asking you to help support the breakfast shows here on 3CR Community Radio. You can text a pledge in, actually, at 0488-809-855. So that's 0488-809-855. And in that text... Pledge, um, mention your name, um, and how much you'd like to, to, um, to donate to 3CR. And if you want to dedicate it to a particular show, say for example, Wednesday Breakfast, that would be really nice. Thank you. Then, um, then, uh, send that text to that number, which is once more 0488-809-855. Um, what's the phone line? If people wanted to call in and speak to a human being, then, uh, then who would they be able to donate to? Absolutely. So they can call in on 94198377. That's 94198377. And you can call us up. As, as Will says, you're part of this community. You're part of, uh, the voices on air. We'd love to hear from you and why you support or listen to 3CR, what, what you're interested in, what you'd like to hear on the radio. Um, yeah, the whole idea is power radical radio and, your voice is a part of that. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, we definitely suggest you either text or call in if you're interested. Yay. Um, otherwise, you can go online, can't you, Rob? Yes. You can go online to 3cr.org.au slash donate. That's 3cr.org.au slash donate. And follow the links. And, yeah, shout us a little message, send a little love, and keep us on the radio. Hooray! Okay, um, so we'll be right back. Uh, community news and, and things. Wait, no, no, what am I trying to say? Alternative, Alternative news. Alternative news. <laughs> right back after this. Some folks know about it, some don't. Some will learn to shout it, some won't. But sooner or later, baby, here's a ditty. Say you're gonna have to get right down to the real nitty-gritty. Listening to 3CR Radio Wednesday Breakfast. So, some alternative news. So, this is a story I've been following the last few weeks, and it hasn't really got a lot of news, but a little bit more in the last few days, which is good because I think it deserves a lot more airtime. Um, and it's to do with the drought that's happening in India at the moment. So, in India, there's obviously the annual dry season, but it's shown to be 
particularly challenging this year with more than 40% of the country currently in drought. So that affects 500 million people. So, you know, what is that? One fourteenth or one fifteenth of the world's population. Mm. Um, one area that's particularly affected is the western state of Maharashtra, which is kind of just west of Mumbai. Um, and within within that, there's one specific region called Bede, which is home to about two hundred fifty thousand people, which is facing really acute water shortages, and it's receiving piped water only once a week or once a fortnight at the moment. And so this is having a huge effect on all the agricultural jobs and industry over there. So of that 250,000, 40,000 of these residents are now basically being forced because of this drought to take alternative works under um, a job work scheme. And now because the government's realising how significant the issue is, they're now opening that scheme up further to more people to stop more people going into poverty. But the thing, interesting thing about the story is that, A, it's kind of showing the impacts of the climate emergency right now. Um, but the other thing is that uh, just also the, the way that it impacts the climate. So they're saying that last year, and there's, there's, the drought's been building every year, it's getting worse and worse. Um, they're saying last year, even though they received 99% of what is the expected annual average rainfall, because it's happening in more intensity but with longer dry periods in between, it means the crop failures are starting to happen more and more. So even though you're receiving the same rainfall, it doesn't matter. It's because the rainfall's coming in more spread out chunks. And so we're starting to see more and more of that, that kind of extreme weather and the impacts of it. Um, so in addition, obviously, to the environmental issues that this is posing, it's also bringing forth a huge range of like political tensions. Um, so some of the governments, the sort of local governments are starting to feud with each other and arguing over the sh- sharing of water resources, not dissimilar to kind of other places in the world. Um, and there's been a growing recognition that these droughts are really a fault of poor planning um, and water allocation. So in particular, the last few years, much more water-intensive crops have started to pop up a lot more, notably like sh- uh, crops like sugarcane. And so some people are saying that this drought is also, one, it's due to climate change, but also it's due to a failure of planning as well. So it's kind of really starting to show the the raft of issues that are starting to be opened up with the climate emergency unless it is addressed with urgency and there's some strong political management which hopefully can also happen here in Australia because we're the most environmentally vulnerable developed nation in the world particularly with drought so big issues to address Um, and yeah so I was actually in that region a few years ago when I was doing some work with engineers that borders and it was getting really bad in terms of the drought and they were saying just how like I was asking you know where you're going to rely on food for in the future and a lot of the community were saying, well, well, we'll rely on places like Australia. And the thing that's really scary about that is, I mean, we're struggling ourselves to be able mm. to provide our own future food security. And so everyone's kind of relying on each other. And I just feel like at some point this kind of very tenuous system yeah. is just about to collapse, collapse. at some point. Mm. So it's kind of scary stuff, but um, I think important to think about. Um, this is another new story, which is really exciting, came out last night, is that Botswana has decriminalised gay sex and homosexuality. So that happened just last night. So the High Court has decriminalised homosexuality, which was outlawed under the current, the country's 1965 penal code. And so a lot of outreach workers are saying this is going to be really great, um, particularly in helping the queer community access a whole range more of um, healthcare and treatment more easily. But 
across Africa, it's still homosexuality is still illegal, with the penalty often life imprisonment or death, unfortunately. Um, and as of before this ruling in Botswana, still 28 out of 49 countries in sub-Saharan Africa had laws penalising same-sex relationships. But still seeing some positive movements, which is really exciting. Um, another bit of, like, interesting news is that, uh, I was saying before, so Crikey now has an investigative journalism unit, which is going to be really interesting. They said they've got 12 journalists in the wild who are going to be really nosy and trying to uncover (laughs) some stories, um, including Chris... Woods, who's on Tuesday breakfast sometimes. Yes. I do I do like how vague that is. It's like they're gonna be out in the city discovering stories. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it could be you. <laughs> That's what you need though. You need people Absolutely. out there just like digging randomly to see if anything pops up because Absolutely. You know, if if someone like vested interest like a politician wants to hide anything. Exactly. It's not going to be out there in the open. It's not going to be obvious either. So yeah, good on good on Crikey for yeah. for putting money into this because it's going to be a, a big financial undertaking as well. Absolutely, I think yeah. they've got some. I think if I read correctly, they've mm. got a grant from the Fairfax family to help start oh, it up. Okay, okay. Um, but right. it'll be yeah, because Crikey's still mm. independent, so it'll be great to have these twelve mm. journalists, and they're all mm. done some really interesting stuff over their career. Yeah. So. I think it's launching in two weeks, and they said they've potentially got some stuff lined up for the launching. So this yeah. would be like making a bit of waves from the very start. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm it's called see. it's called Ink. Yeah, I-N-Q? yeah, Ink. Yeah, Ink. And like Inquiry or yeah, something yeah. like that. Well, I'm I'm excited. I'm looking at looking forward to to seeing what they have to contribute. So that's that's going to be great. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. I. Any other things? Well, it is Radiothon, so I thought I'd get out there and kind of source some opinions about what we're missing out on the radio. I don't know about you guys, um, but mainstream media does seem to do its 24 news cycle Mm. with some stuff. Someone was talking to me the other day actually about um, our media laws in Australia, and she's saying, you don't understand how restricted it is until I go, yeah, you know, I went over to, like, Canada, and she was like, and I I got a plethora of more news than (laughs) I thought it even existed. So it is kind of challenging, you know, this very narrow, limited focus on what we get. But I I, I got a few opinions. I'm going to dot them throughout the show, but a few of them I found really interesting. So one one, um, individual brought up that they'd like to hear some more rural uh, news. Uh, For example, some parts of New South Wales, which haven't had drinkable water for years. Mm. You know, it doesn't really Mm. make headlines. Um, they also raised up that they'd like to hear a few more about uh, about kind of men's health issues and stuff like that. So they were talking about like ovarian cancer and mm. also mental health and all those sorts of things that we still very heavily stigmatise. So that was interesting. What I found really cool was actually uh, one person said they'd like to hear older people comparing nowadays to history to gain perspective on change. Mm. So something I guess we do forget is that, you know, a lot of old generations, I mean, obviously the 3CR was founded off the back of it, mm. um, yeah, uh, start, have been part of movements and have had really successful movements and all that sort of stuff. So I thought it was quite uh, interesting for this person to to raise the idea that they want to hear kind of a retrospective angle on how how changes occurred, how change, yeah. how momentum, you know, how to change, grow momentum, all those sorts of things. I guess it kind of shows like both the radical change we've had, but also in some ways the reversing of change. Yeah, absolutely, well. absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, our grandparents are a lot more radical than we give them credit <laughs> for. <laughs> and the last one was uh, someone was saying that it's not really what they what they do want to see in, you know, the media, but actually what they don't want to see. And so they were bringing up the idea of scaremongering media mm-hmm. and, you know, this, the fact that we, as, as society we've, we've very much decided to scare people most of the time with things like terrorism or issues that are not epidemic to Australia, rather than focusing on things like, you know, that actually are really prominent issues. So, yeah, that was that was a few opinion mm. sources. 
I do suggest if you are interested, if you do go, oh, she's missed something, because, you know, I have, um, feel free to text us in. I mean, our number is 0488-809-855. That was 0488-809-855. I know it's 7.20 in the morning, so you're probably not jumping on your phone to text in, but text in. We'd love to hear from you. But we've already received some love this morning. (gasps) That's right. A beautiful listener called Nina has texted in saying, love 3CR and a special shout out to the Wednesday Breakfast Show. Uh, I pledge to donate ten dollars. Thank you, Nina. That's fantastic. Uh, so it's that's exactly it, though. Small donations of five dollars, ten dollars, uh, anything above two dollars is tax deductible. By the way, mm. um, and we'll send you a receipt if you're calling in over the phone. But um, but yeah, that that's what makes up the majority of the funding that we get in. Yeah, in Radiothon time. People making donations. If you've got $10 lying around. Five, $10. Yeah. Anything goes towards it. I mean, with $35, we can buy ourselves a new turntable mm-hmm. stylus. And with $50, we can keep coffee in the, you know, mm-hmm. in the office. So it, it's these small donations that contribute to a larger functioning. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I also want to mention Marissa John Pillai, um, donated $10 and, uh, Michaela donated $15 and also Leanne and PJ donating $10 as well. So. Woo, thank you so much. I've got to find a new applause sound, I think. <laughs> it's going to get a bit old. We, we can do some live applause as well. Yeah. So. I, think, I think the um, beautiful workers at Radiothon have also put in um, gold change sounds as well. Like, yes, like yes, I'll find those. <laughs> money going tinkle, 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 tinkle. Yeah, um, thank you so much, everyone, for all of the money. We've already received some money on our on online page as well. Um, we'll get the numbers later in the show, but just to remind everyone, if you want to donate online, um, if you've got your phone lying around and you don't want to call or text, then you can go to 3cr.org.au slash donate. That's 3cr.org.au slash donate. And if you want to put the money to Wednesday breakfast, just remember to say so when you're, when you're going through the little, little box checky type thing. Mm. Um, yeah. So, oh, just quickly, I wanted to mention this is a, another, another bit of news coming out mm-hmm. of India as well. Um, that the Chhattisgarh state government has put on hold any mining activity in deposit number 13 at the Baila Dealer Mines in Dantewada, which is a, a, a region in Chhattisgarh state. Um, and that is the result of four days of thousands of Adivasis, that's uh, uh, sort of local um, indigenous people, um, protesting um, that the hill to, that was going to be mined was holy to them and to their yeah, to their yeah. cultural practice, and so that's the result of four days of sustained protest, which is really fantastic, and mm-hmm. it just goes to show the power of people to to Absolutely. stop these sort of environmental minds, and also the connections between um, indigenous um, land practice and indigenous knowledge and the environmental movement, and how um, really we need to be listening to to First Nations people when it comes to to directions we take with the environment. Um, the iron ore site was um, estimated to contain about 350 million tons of um, high-quality iron ore, and so that's that's quite a lot of stuff that they've mm. decided to leave in the ground for now. Mm. Um, so yeah, well well done to the to the people of Dantewada in Chhattisgarh mm. state. Um, so yeah, uh, you're listening to 3CR Community Radio on Wednesday breakfast. We'll be right back after this song. This is Radio Radio by Elvis Costello. Three CR Radiothon twenty nineteen, June the third to the sixteenth. 
Did you know that you can pledge your support to 3CR Radiothon now and pay up later? Call the station during business hours on 94198377 and tell us what you'd like to donate and then pay your donation later. 3CR Radiothon 2019. Power Radical Radio. You're listening to Wednesday Breakfast on 3CR Community Radio uh, in the studio with Will, Rob and Edwin. And um, we are going to go into a, a bit of a new segment um, that we're just trialling for today because today is all about numbers, isn't it? We've got to raise $250,000 for 3CR Community Radio over these um, Radiothon weeks. And so I've got numbers on the brain and I thought we might um, we might do a little uh, theme... Uh, not theme song, a little, a little game show, if mm-hmm. that's okay. Sounds good to and, me. And uh, the game show is called... Play with the numbers. Uh, so the idea of this is that I'll say a couple of numbers to you and you have to tell me um, what the deal is with those numbers. Why have I mentioned them? I know it's super, super vague. Um, so you, you get the idea. I get we've the idea, we've I kind of done this sort of... Um, we've heard of this sort of thing before. Um, these will be things that are kind of relevant... As well to, to current affairs, which is what we, we do here on Wednesday breakfast. Mm. And so, yeah, let's, let's start with our, our first number. 16 billion. Ooh. Is that familiar? I'm, okay. Prefix to this entire game. Yes. Once it's over, like, two zeros, my, I, I glaze. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna be really bad at this. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 totally. Alright, 16, 16 billion. billion. Sounds like a, a some kind of, Monetary announcement. Oh yeah, uh, like, I was thinking. Think so? yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's too small for like an, an animal or organism or something it like is. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's not a population size. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Yeah, <laughs> nor the world population will be sixteen billion by the end of the year. No, by twenty thirty. No, it's not that. It's not that. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with some sort of infrastructure announcement. Yes, uh, okay. that's the amount slated for the North East Link plan to connect the extremely no. congested uh. Eastern Freeway with the very traffic blocked Metropolitan Ring Road. Oh. So um, they're going to be making this really expensive, really big road that cuts from Baldwin up to Greensboro um, in Melbourne's east, and it's going to cost 16 billion to gr- build this road. Yeah. Um, to put that in context, the East West Link, um, the East West Tunnel that was going to connect. Um, uh, Melbourne's east to to sort of Parkville, um, yep. so go from Parkville through to what was the other end of it going to be? Uh, well, it's not happening now anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so it was going to be twelve point something billion. Um, so this so it's is more than that. More than that, and it's a tunnel. I mean, this is a road, not a tunnel. It's a road, right? not a tunnel. So it involves. Um, it does have a bit of a tunnel section, I think, towards the um towards the Eastern Freeway, mm. um, just as a conne- no, 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 towards the other end of it, the Metropolitan Ring, Metropolitan Ring Road. Uh, it's going to be two crossings of the Yarra River. It's going to be um, supposedly a dedicated bus lane for a bit of it to get people into the city, but mostly it's going to be encouraging people to use their cars more rather than investment in public transport. And it's really wide as well. Super wide. 24 lanes wow. for the Eastern Freeway in sections. 24 lanes, which is incredible. Um and yeah, so is that is I don't know. It just I think it's worth asking: is that the direction that we want to go when we know that we're in a climate emergency? Mm. Um, do do we want more roads? I like trains. I'm not going to force the answer on you. I like train but boys, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trains are great. I'm, I'm, I'm so, looking yeah. forward to um, to this big 
sort of train loop that's going to happen mm. when I'm, I'm retired. I mm. think. Oh, it'll be great um, getting over to my it's going to happen. Though. Yeah, yeah. getting yeah. over to my partner's house in oh, 20 minutes, yeah. in 50 <laughs> years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, um, you got to make it work because it's going to take a while for that loop to happen. I'm going to have to hold the relationship until yes. the li- city yeah. loop supports it. <laughs> Speaking of transport, have you, have you yeah. heard of the Facebook group Num Num Tots? No. no. What is that? New Urbanist Memes for Transit-Oriented Teens. Oh gosh. It's like yes. a celebration <laughs> of anything to do with transport, trains. Yeah. And like hating on cars, it's it's wonderful. That sounds amazing. I was going to mention also um, trains, buses, yeah. but also trams. Trams mm. get a bad rap. I love trams. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, Swanson Street is the world's busiest tram corridor. Really? Right? Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh. I just I'd love to see a few more trams around the place. You know. I would too. Yeah. 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 Just because um, I remember this little tiny American kid, and I walked past, and they were just like, "Look, Dad, it's the Sky Cars." <laughs> and first off, I was like, mm, "That's not really a car, is it, kid?" But no. also, why Sky? I mean, they're the streetcar the sky and got confused. <laughs> yeah. Look, he was well because it's good for the sky because exactly. it means fewer emissions. So now I just we- think of trams as sky cars, and I want yes. more of them. Yes. If my memory is correct, I think now all of Melbourne's trams are powered by renewable energy. I think. No, that's we'll cool. We'll come back to you with that. I'll come back um, to you on during that, the show. Um, uh, can can I go on to point number two? Question yes. number two. Uh, the number is, and this one's a slightly smaller number, so you don't okay. have to panic, Ivan. This is not two, mm-hmm. not two zeros. One point eight billion. That's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this feels more like a community sort of number, like a smaller. The um, amount of funding we're going to get from Radiothon. Yes. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. This feels like something that's been less invested in, seeing mm. as you know it's not. Oh, look, we can only hope. Um, I, I wouldn't say so. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Mm. All right, I'm going to go something environmental. I'm going to keep it vague. Get, something environmental. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm feeling like is it like. Number of, s- I was going to say solar panels, but that's a lot of solar panels. It would be a good if there was that many solar panels. It'd be amazing. It would be amazing. It's um, I'll t- I'll let you know. So you didn't get that one. It's 1.8 billion to upgrade some facilities, but mostly build a new jail at Lara near Geelong ah. by the state government. It was in their budget, and um, so that was the plan to improve and expand prisons. Um, this is in the context of 80,000 people on public housing waiting lists, including 25,000 kids. Um, and the councillor, council to homeless persons say we need to, sh- uh, we have a shortfall of 102,800 social housing properties. So, um, this is where the money is going. Um, the, the budget did promise funding for a thousand, uh, social housing units. Um, mm-hmm. when, according to the council to homeless persons, we need 3,000 mm-hmm. at least to cover people on the priority wait list. So, that's just um, and, and that's just the priority wait list. That's just the priority wait mm-hmm. list. Yes, like I said, it was eighty thousand people on the on the the full wait list for public housing, and the number's only growing really because um, we we are hearing news articles about homelessness becoming concentrated in cities because of the Absolutely. impossible mm-hmm. price of rent. I know Absolutely. that like sixty percent, I think, of my my personal income goes to rent. Mm-hmm. I know that mm-hmm. it'll be more for other people. But yeah. Absolutely. And just touching on that, um, there seems to be a real lack of awareness that uh, people who are in situations of homelessness or housing mm. crisis are everywhere. Absolutely. I mean, ABC yep, re- right. um, released something absolutely amazing the other day, breaking down the different kind of suburbs of Melbourne, and Vic- of, of Victoria, I should say, and showing just how many people who are in kind of crisis emergency kind of accommodation or housing were in the area. So it's really important to remember that this is not just happening in our city, it's happening in our backyard. It's, it's really something that we have to look out for as a community, which is why, of course, Stations, community-oriented mm. like 3CR, are doing are doing information on this, um, but it's just not getting enough airtime anywhere mm. else. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, so I just wanted to um, point out that we've we've received another donation early in the morning. Uh, so this is uh, from a friend of mine, Alex. Thank you, Alex, for calling in. Um, Alex has donated twenty dollars and left a note saying that community radio is great. So <laughs> thank you so much for for calling in and helping us out with that. Um, there's, and there's another message as there well. There is another message. So, so we did read out that um, Nina left a donation, but I did neglect a very important. Uh, part of the <laughs> of the message, so she which said. is that uh, Nina will pledge more if we play another wacky sound effect. So I'm going to play some shaking of coins. <laughs> I'm going to play a drum roll. I'm going to play the sound of the desolate wind. Ooh. Look, I really think with more. I really think letting Will in charge of the <laughs> might have been a little mistake. Um, yeah, look, too powerful. Nina, Nina, no pressure. Uh, Nina, Lel, thank you so much for the ten dollars that you did donate to us, and um, I, I promise to play more wacky sound effects as the show goes on because mm. it's Radiothon and there are no rules. And you're not my mum. And it's giving so. you power. Yeah, yeah. Um, can can we move on to the next um, yes. little point for um, the, the, this play with the numbers game? Completely. Uh, this one is, and it's a, it's an interesting number. See if you can get your head around this. It's seven thousand four hundred and ten crore. Oh, now I have a bit of an insight. Will was telling me this is a system of counting, an Indian system of counting. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Yes. Uh. So crore. Oh no, he told me about this too. It's a special way to... I'll read. tell you what Croy is, because yeah, that's, not yeah. the, that's, that's, not, that's not really the thing that you have to guess. I know, Croy, I'm just trying to picture the p- image. <laughs> it was just from the headline of the article that I pulled this from. Croy is one... Uh, is ten, wait, no, hang on. What is that? Ten million. It's ten yeah, million. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yes. So it's seven thousand four uh, seven thousand four hundred and ten ten million. Jeez. Okay. My hunch is it something yes. to do with coal... Yeah, I was I was thinking maybe security, but I'm yeah, thinking yeah. I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'd think security is even more than that actually. Oh. Yeah. So cool. yeah, yeah. Let's go with coal. Well, um, that's the amount in rupees, which I'll translate to 1.5 billion dollars, which is going to be the um the total amount that uh the state of Jharkhand is um uh, committing to pay to a uh, to Adani for the amount of power that they're going to get from a Coal processing plant in Goda, which is a, uh, a region sort of to- towards the east near Bangladesh. Mm. So basically, what's happening is that Adani is building a coal, coal processing p- plant in this t- town called Goda, and it's going to be producing all of this energy, which they're basically all selling to Bangladesh because Bangladesh is really energy poor, and, and they've made this ar- agreement with the, the Modi government. And uh, according to their um, according to their sort of lo- state laws. Um, Jharkhand state is um, entitled to purchase 25% of the power from this plant, but because of preferential treatment, it's gone down to about 12% mm. in in um, in real terms. And so they they're entitled to purchase this power from Adani, um, but the power the amount sorry no the price of the energy is inflated because the coal is not going to be coming from Jharkhand, which is India's biggest coal-producing and coal-mining state. It's actually coming from Australia. So mm. this is going to be from the mine that, they, that is slated for the Galilee Basin. Mm. And so there are, there are basically people being swindled on both sides of the equation, both in India, where they're going to be paying a premium for coal nonsensically imported from you know, a quarter of the way around the globe, mm. 
and also in Australia, where um, the um, the Jagan and Wagalingu Wagalingu people have rejected this coal mine. So I just think it's interesting to think about how like this multinational company has so much power and they're getting so much and giving nothing back. And the other thing as well is that with the, a lot of the coal mines with Adani in India, the mm. air pollution around them is awful. Mm. And there's been a lot of there's been a few studies about the impact that's having on um, respiratory health and a whole range of other issues. And so, yeah, there's just like this, uh, this lack of care about who is around those mm-hmm. areas as well. Absolutely. And just to reference that um, with this whole kind of topic, um, just letting you know there is a action being held on the 21st of June, kind of around Adani and the climate emergency, which is hosted by um, Extinction Rebellion, and it will be a speak out, declare a climate emergency, which I think is <laughs> increasingly more important. It was important yesterday. It's going to be important tomorrow, if there is tomorrow. Um, so that's in Burke Street uh, in Melbourne, and that will be on the 21st of June from 5.30 to 7 o'clock. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I've got a couple. I've got another one. Um, another mm-hmm. question for you guys. The the number is more than two thousand. More than two thousand. More than two thousand. I was given the actual number, but I've forgotten it. So this is the number that I'm giving you. <laughs> it's over two thousand. What does that sound like to you? Mm. Something to do with people. Yeah. I feel like it's a number of people. Yeah. Well, kinda. Because it feels like it's an estimate. And yeah, I feel like people are hard to estimate. People are very hard to estimate. Yeah. We keep you on your toes, people. I do. Yeah. 2,000. Um, is it people being moved from one spot to another spot? Is that like transportation of people? Like moved, but in a kind of, like in a kind of thinky, like moving your mind, Ooh, man. Conference? Or kind of. Oh, oh my god. Sharing of information. Uh, is it like an upcoming, oh no, it's like, mm. Should I put you out of your misery? Yes. Yeah. 2,000. More than 2,000 is the number of community organisations and um, interviewees that we have on the breakfast ah. shows across the whole year. <laughs> wow. Over the course of 52 weeks, 365 days, we um, on the breakfast shows on 3CR Community Radio are going to interview more than 2,000 people and more than 2,000 community organisations putting their voices to air. And I just think that's, I think that's really great. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of love how 3CR is really part of the community and how the community comes to us and they, they have their voices heard. And mm-hmm. I think that's really, really valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's... I mean, that's exactly the whole point of this exercise, this um, play with the numbers game thing. It's just I've been thinking about numbers, and um, that that number really stuck with me. It's like, really? Do we speak to that many people? We do. We've been speaking about public housing. We've been talking to um, people fighting for Indigenous land rights. We've been talking about environmental movements and um, government crackdown on environmentalists, and we've been talking about media freedom, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's um, It's a huge number, and like just like the spread of issues as well. Yes, yes, exactly. It's really great. Exactly, yeah. Um, So if if you want to call in and support um, 3CR Community Radio, which someone has just done, and I'm so excited to hear what they have to say, um, then you can call us on 94198377, that's 94198377, and you can power Radical Radio by making a donation. A donation as small as $2 is tax deductible, just to let you know. Um, you know, chuck us a fiver, chuck us $10, and we'll really, really appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, are, is there a number that we can text people, get people to text Absolutely. Them it is 0488098855. That was 048. 0488- Eight oh nine eight double five. I'm doing my best, like 
Frank from Frank National Tunnel. <laughs> um, do feel free to text us in. Why not? Have a bit of fun. <laughs> and if you want to donate online, it is 3cr.org.au slash donate. That's 3cr.org.au slash donate. Otherwise, you can give us a call. Our producers in the next um, in the next room. Yes. Who knows what we'd do without them? Um, and that call, that number is nine four one nine eight three double seven. If you feel like talking to someone this morning, you yes. know, just just saying hey there, you know, hey there. How, how's but, your morning um, going? But if you do want to take up Gab's time on the phone, then you absolutely have to give us some money because because mm. um, mm. uh, Gab's a very busy person. Gab works hard I need for the money. Living. Okay. <laughs> um, so I've got one one last one. Yep. Uh, so the number is five hundred and twenty-five thousand six hundred. Oh, five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred. This feels like a population, maybe. Could be. Could. I feel like I need thinking music. You do. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, he's got it. <laughs> is this the number of? Is this rent related? It is rent related. <laughs> <laughs> 525,600 is. Uh, 525,600 minutes. We'll be right back. You're listening to Wednesday Breakfast on 3CR Community Radio. 525,600 Are you wondering how you can pledge your support for a 3CR radio program during Radiothon? It's easy. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit our website at 3cr.org.au or you can even come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post us your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 that's P.O. Box 1277 in Collingwood 3066. And thank you for being part of 3CR's annual Radiothon. who is not a stagnant part of Australian history. This is happening right here today. And corporations have gotten away with poisoning us. It's this assumption that white people and people with white bodies are right until something goes wrong. To resist the rise of the right and rebuild the left. Support Radical Voices on the Airwaves. Donate to 3CR's annual fundraiser. Power Radical Radio, June 3rd to the 16th.
And you're listening to Wednesday Breakfast on 3CR Community Radio. Okay, it is Radiothon. We've received some lovely messages. So about five minutes ago, we got the message, I love 3CR because they support the discussion of important issues to encourage change in the community. Keep up the good work, guys, and good luck with Radiothon. Woo! Thank you very much for that message. We've also got a lovely message uh, just four minutes ago, which is 3CR embraces the vibrance of life, community, uh, of life and community by supporting human spirit. The music and ideas raised in 3CR support goodwill and action on human rights. I love the friendly voices, and I believe community is the most crucial tool to fighting self-centeredness and division. 3CR opens up our perspectives and our hearts. Mm. Too true. Thank you very much for those lovely messages. Thank you. Um, if yeah. you're texting in, don't forget to include your name, and if you'd like to make a pledge your dollar amount as well that'd be so great mm, and mm. again as we said anything over two dollars tax refundable tax reductible tax deductible deductible, deductible. deductible. <laughs> I i'm not very good at taxes i told you not good at numbers not, 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 numbers. <laughs> not a number um, we've got a couple more donations coming in um so ellis called a little while ago said hi good job and thank you so much ellis for calling in with your donation of fifty dollars amazing um, any any amount of money um, is really deeply appreciated, but fifty dollars is fantastic. Thank you. Woo! And then also Claire called in. Claire from Thornbury called in saying, "Keep up the good work. Interesting voices. Thank you so much, Claire, for your donation of thirty dollars. Mm. Fantastic. Wonderful. Oh, we get a new turntable stylus. Yes, Woo! that's how much that costs, isn't it? Thirty dollars. Yeah. That's right. Thank you so much. We also have a few other pledges as well. They're just coming in. They keep on coming in. Um, Liz from Northcote. Pledged $50, so, like, massive shout-out to you. Um, we've also had pledges from Joseph from Gardenvale and Sarah from Flemington. Uh, and also, Jürgen, he's given four pledges. So, uh, Jürgen from Port Melbourne. So, thank you so much for continuing to support Wednesday Breakfast. And if you are listening and you want to jump on this bandwagon and want to keep on pledging, yes. you can text us on 0488. 809-855. That's 0488-809-855. And we've just had a couple of more donations. Um, Hella has just given $5 to the station saying, Woo! you're doing a great job. Thank you very much for that. Thanks, Hella. Thanks, Helen. Um, additionally, we've just got a text in. Uh, my family will pledge $50 towards 3CR online because of its goodness. God bless you and your kindness from Barry and Amber May. Aww. Thank you very much, the Mays. Um, that bless will go towards so sweet. getting us... Uh, a lot of new things and keeping our voices on air, well, keeping the community's voices on air. Mm. Um, so just letting you know, we are reaching a target today. We've made a huge amount for, you know, what is early in the morning. Mm, that's right. <laughs> Thank you to all those people who have got up and donated. It's mm. um, wonderful to feel like you're joining us this yeah. morning. <laughs> our show personally has a target of $1,000. Um, each one of the breakfast shows actually has that same target. Um, mm. And that's um, we really think that we can crack it because... Um, because there are so many great people out there who've sent us so much, uh, so many messages of support and love, and um, yeah, this, it's from people like you that the the money that supports 3CR Community Radio comes. And I just want to say thank you and uh, keep sending those messages in. Thank you so much. Mm. Mm. You can power Radical Radio. Call us on nine four one nine eight three seven seven. That's nine four one nine eight three seven seven. Yay! Another wacky sound effect. <laughs> uh, yes, that, that's what goes for a, a wacky sound effect. I'll try to find some more. Um, but yeah, uh, you're listening to uh, 3CR Community Radio. Um, so 
we're going to be going into some interviews soon, so yes. we're going to maybe play maybe another song. Um, yeah, if let's, you, um, yeah, if you feel like we're gonna, we're doing radio themed, by the way, yes. today. Um, we've also had <laughs> Will's wacky number song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we'll be having another radiothon yeah. song, maybe. Yeah, um, this is uh, a song by REM. It's ah, radio song. Cooking the planet, it ain't good for the working class. Power Radical Radio. The United Nations describes climate change as an existential threat. That means that it threatens our very lives. When I heard that the government weren't doing anything about it, I got pretty annoyed. I feel like it's such an important issue and doesn't get as much attention as it really needs. Help get the climate crisis the attention it needs. Donate to give voice to our environmental emergency and its solutions. Power Radical Radio. Call now on 9419 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. And you're listening to 3CR. We've just got another donation with a lovely message attached to it. So, from two minutes ago, I listened to 3CR to stay up to date on current affairs from a group of people who care about the topics covered and work hard to talk about uh, to the experts to give us their perspective and keep us informed. Make a donation. You know they've earned it. $100 from Gaz. Thank you so much, Gaz. Um, donations mean absolutely everything. We do want to stress whether it's $100 or $5 or $2. Absolutely anything goes towards kind of contributing towards this big end goal. Um, but thank you so much for everyone who has donated thus far. Woo! Absolutely amazing, amazing contribution. Really appreciate that. Now, we're going straight into our next interview with the headline of Too Young for Facebook but Old Enough for Prison. We have Shalina from the Human Rights um, Law Centre to talk about youth justice systems in Australia this morning. Good morning, Shalina. Good morning. Good morning. So, starting off, um, the the Human Rights Law Centre has come out with a recent article which states that Australia has one of the lowest ages of crime responsibility in the world. How does that come about? Yeah, so um, it might be useful just to explain to our listeners that the um, age of criminal responsibility in, in Victoria and all mm-hmm. around Australia is 10 years, and that is the age at which a child can be investigated for an offence, arrested by police, charged, brought before a court and locked up in a youth prison. So children as young as 10 who would ordinarily be in grades 4 or 5 at school, primary school, are children that can be locked up in youth prisons across Australia. Um, in terms of the medium age, like what do other countries around the world um, have as mm-hmm. this age of criminal responsibility? The medium age is actually 14. Um, so you can see Australia is way out of step with um, most uh, countries. And um, Australia has actually been criticised by the United Nations um, as child rights experts for having such a low age, which effectively criminalises and pushing children to a justice system approach. Of course. And challenging yeah, and, issues. And 10 years is obviously a shockingly young age to kind of have this, this, this kind of standard. So how, how is it justified? What does what the justice system kind of come out with saying that we can do this to 10-year-olds effectively? Well, there's been a lot of... Uh, I mean, historically, we need to look at how we arrived at this age. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
the age hasn't been consistent throughout jurisdiction um, over the decades. Um, back in the 70s, I think one of the jurisdictions to lead the way in raising the age from around seven or eight was, I think, Queensland. Wow. And it took nearly um, a number of decades for all other jurisdictions to um, raise it to 10. So um, the age had been set by the common law of our um, uh, colonisers and um, we're really now trying to catch up with uh, what is uh, the right um, minimum age based on advances internationally and even nationally. So mm. we're, um, our evidence based and um, strength behind our cause to raise the age is really from medical science. Advances in neurological research which has provided greater understanding of child development, brain development over time. Absolutely, and of course there are social, psychological and kind of physical repercussions of such harsh sentencing from a young age. Um, Could you kind of run us through, especially, as you say, from like a medical perspective, what are we seeing are the consequences of this this justice system? Yeah, so um, we've, we, Human Rights Wilson has been working very closely with um, health professionals, particularly paediatricians, and we've got one of our lead paediatricians who is on the panel um, speaking tomorrow, um, Nick Creedy. Um, But what the medical evidence shows is that, um, and really this is neurological research, that children this young, so the ages 10, 11, 12, uh, are still developing throughout those formative years. Mm -hmm. They have limited capacity for reflection before action. Children, like I said, in grades 4, 5 and 6 are not at a cognitive level of development where they're able to fully appreciate the criminal nature of their actions or Mm -hmm. the lifelong consequences of being labelled a criminal. So just, you know, for example, parts of the brain responsible for impulse control, judgment, reasoning, they're just not fully formed at this young age. And people may be able to turn their minds back or they've got children or nieces or nephews mm. in this age group. And you think, um, based on their behaviour or certain things that they've done, did they really think about that? Um, and I, and I, I really ask people just to reflect on their own families and experiences their own um, nine-year-old yeah. self, almost. <laughs> yeah, so what what things did you get up to at that time? Um, Busy eating and, dirt, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, climbing up a tree and then thinking, oh, I'll take it down. Yep. Um, so really, if we look at a medical science, we, 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 we really need to think um, what, what we're doing to kids this young mm-hmm. and the impact that they will have, um, particularly in terms of their immediate social and um, emotional uh, development, the harm it can cause. Any time in prison, and I'm, I'm talking, I've, I've seen children as young as 10 and 11 being locked up in Don Dale prison over my years as a youth lawyer, and the significant harm that that has caused those children, and many of the kids, if not all of them, were children who were well known to the child protection system, who had significant histories of uh, disadvantage, mm. trauma, neglect, if not harm, um, by way of abuse, physical or sexual, and these children going into youth prisons like the adult maximum security prison that we know is Don Dale yeah. um, had only exacerbated their, their experiences of trauma and, of course, escalated their behaviours. Absolutely, and there is the um, uh, one of the consequences to come out of this uh, from multiple studies, studies have shown that uh, kind of kids who go into these detention centres, sorry, not detention, uh, the, the, these prisons without kind of rehab or anything like that are more likely to offend and their, their crime threshold is set to worsen kind of thing. So people, yeah. kids go into here and they come out worse. Yeah, so, um, and we've got to, and there's a, we're not, not many people have a clear understanding of the youth justice system and how it mm. operates. Like many 
the vast majority of children might offend once or twice and, and they'll grow out of their behaviours. And mm-hmm. it's only the, um, the children who are what they call persisters, the high-risk offenders, um, who will go on to commit the majority of offences. And these children, horribly enough, are children who seem to have common experiences of trauma, disadvantage, often mental health or cognitive impairment. Mm. And we're, we're not identifying their health needs and we're not appropriately providing assistance and support that can address those so we can stop their escalation to adult offending. Um, and I think that's the problem here. When we're t- talking about these children, the younger they are when they come into contact, the more likely that they've had experiences of, of trauma and disadvantage. Absolutely. And so I suppose just getting down to the real nub of this issue, do you, do you think it's the, the, the fact that these sentences exist in the first place, that they're long, the nature of them, or, or is it things like um, the fact we don't provide mentoring within our systems or almost so even the treatment inside the prisons? Where do you think it's really going wrong? Well, <laughs> we've had a Royal Commission in the Northern Territory. Absolutely. We've all this out. So, yeah. um, and some of the, the clear recommendations around um, raising age stopping really vulnerable children coming into contact with the system in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole tranche of the recommendations around ensuring that we're identifying health and education and other social issues and responding to them early. So it's about prevention and early intervention. Um, there's another whole tranche with around diversion at every opportunity. So we're preventing the harm caused by further entrenchment in the system, um, including diversion through restorative justice practices, um, where we're working with the child and the family, the family unit, mm-hmm. to ensure that the home is safe and supportive and is able to um, uh, provide the strategies and support that the child can um, reintegrate back into their family and communities. And then a whole other tranche around ensuring that the system is child-appropriate and responsive, mm-hmm. developmentally responsive to children. And then, of course, um, any time in custody as a last resort after exhausting all possible alternatives. Absolutely, and I suppose there's been a few kind of um, new initiatives coming out of this. I mean, Sydney's had a few mentoring programs such as Shine, but we've also seen um, Sydney open up the Koori Youth Justice Court as well as, um, you know, yeah, these few mentoring programs coming around. Um, How do we kind of support this? What do you think we should be looking to kind of change? Yeah, so like I said, Royal Commission in the Northern Territory provided a very clear roadmap. We've had um, youth justice inquiries in just about every jurisdiction in Australia which um, have looked at the evidence of what works. And it's about time we started implementing <laughs> these, um, these, these uh, expert roadmaps for reform. Um, and that's, I mean, just coming from the Northern Territory, it's been quite slow um, mm. in terms of implementation. And, and I am concerned of law and order rhetoric um, and sensationalist uh, media reporting on mm. youth crime in the Northern Territory as potentially impacting or impairing this reform agenda. Absolutely. And so um, the Human Rights Law Commission, uh, you guys are holding a... Sorry, not commission, <laughs> centre. You guys are holding um, a massive event kind of doing, uh, talking about this, bringing together Royal Children's Hospital and uh, public health experts and the presence of the Children's Court and Victorian's Children's Commissioner uh, to kind of discuss this. What, what do you think the power is of having this like interdisciplinary mix around this conversation of youth justice? What do you hope to get out of the, the, the forum? Yeah, well, I'm hoping that we'll have uh, a cross-section of the community, particularly um, people who work in the health and legal sector and um, and also decision-makers there to hear from 
who are well, these are experts experts when it comes to child rights experts when it comes to um, you know child and adolescent health and around youth justice uh, approaches to children in conflict with the law so I think it's like you've got a, a body of experts there who can really tackle the hard issues and provide some answers some solutions to what needs to be done absolutely and that will be held on Thursday the 13th of June from 12:30 to 2 o'clock is that correct yes. That's right. Wonderful. And at um, Ella Latham Auditorium at the Royal Children's Hospital in F- on Flemington Road in Parkville. And if you're interested, you can go to RSVP um, at Human Rights Law Centre um, and there's, uh, I'm sure there's links and all that at your website to this event. Um, thank you so much for coming on and kind of talking to us about this issue today. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you. You're listening to Wednesday Breakfast on 3CR Community Radio. We're going to play a song right now. This is Cal- Cavalry, the English version by Mushroom Layla, um, which is a fantastic band. The reason why they were playing this song is that you have, so that you have time to stop listening to us for a moment and give us a phone call. The phone number is 94198377. That's 94198377. Or you can text your pledge on 0488809855. That's 0488809855. And we've had another call in from Ria from Brunswick, who has pledged and donated $10. So every, every little bit absolutely adds up. So thank you so much, Ria. Thank um, you. So have a think. Sorry, sorry, that was Raya. Oh, Raya. Raya. Yes. My apologies, Raya. Uh, yeah, and so, yeah, keep, if you want to be like Raya, who's super, super cool for making that donation, you can give us a phone call right now or give us a text on that number that we mentioned before, which is 0488-809-855. Let's listen to a song. I want to give a shout out to 3CR. Two groups of 3CR here. We've got Wednesday Breaking, we've got Radioactive, and like for the heart and soul of documenting stuff that goes on in this city of 5 million people, bloody magnificent institution as well as Revolutionary Radio. Woo! Yes, thank you so much, Dave Sweeney, for that message of support. Um, that was recorded by Judith, who was part of Wednesday Breakfast back when, um, when she went out and recorded that. Um, Really fantastic. Did we just get a donation? Yeah, speaking oh of Judith, gosh. she has just, she sent us a little message saying, congratulations, breakfast team, great show, Ooh. and has donated $20. So oh, thank, thank you, Judith. Judith. That's so lovely. Oh, miss you, Judith. Although, I do get to listen to you every Monday, so I don't really miss you that much. <laughs> <laughs> and that is contributing to our $1,000 target. We've reached um, $421 thus far, which is Absolutely fantastic. Mm. Thank you so much for yes. uh, texting before 8.30. Of course, you can continue donating throughout the day. Um, if you do want it to go to Wednesday breakfast, that's absolutely lovely. Feel free to um, kind of SMS, phone, or um, go online and kind of write Wednesday. I pledge this to Wednesday breakfast, and hopefully we can reach our target. Yeah. We just got a message from MJ saying, thanks for amazing mornings. Uh, MJ's pledged $10. Thank you so much, MJ, for texting in. If you want to be cool like MJ, you can text in at 0488 809 855. That's 0488 809 
855, call it, text in, make a pledge. Um, how can you call us? What's the phone number? You can call us on 94198377. That's 94198377. Yay. Mm. Or you could donate online. <gasps> Keeping, do do keeping it digital yeah. at 3cr.org.au slash donate. That's 3cr.org.au slash donate. Yes. And so far we want to thank all of these people for donating. We're thanking Gaz for that beautiful message, Barry and Amber May for their really sweet message that they texted in as well. Nina, thank you. Nina Lel, thank you so much for your early... You were the first person mm. to donate this morning and that makes you a champion in my eyes. <laughs> and MJ just now, thank you so much. We also got... Donations over the phone from Raya. Raya is a fixture here at 3CR Community Radio. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks to Halla as well and Claire and Ellis and Alex and all of these beautiful souls out there. Um, Absolutely. And Judith as and well. And Judith as well. Thank you so much, Judith. And we've also got some yes. other people who donated as well. Some people have donated earlier. So we had Liz, Joseph, Jürgen times four and Sarah. So thank you all so much for donating to the Wednesday Breakfast Program. Thank you. Now, we've got an interview, don't we? We do. So we have Dennis Muller on the line. Dennis Muller's a senior journalist in kind of Australia, and he's going to come on to talk about media, the importance of media, what media is, and the threat we're facing. Good morning. Good morning, Ivan. Good morning. So I suppose um, you've had a lot of interactions with media. Could you start us off with telling us what is media, what is journalism, what's the function of it in our society? Why do we have it? Well, we have it because we need it to be a, to be self-governing as citizens. I mean, if we don't know uh, what's going on or what other people are thinking mm-hmm. uh, or what our society wants for itself, we can't govern ourselves. I mean, this goes right back to John Locke in the 17th century who re- recognized this. And that's what, what Locke wrote then. And it's what's provided the basis of the United States Constitution and constitutions of all Western democracies since then. So it's been an essential part of a democratic society from the very beginning. So that's what journalism does, and journalism, professional journalism and good journalism uncovers material that people in power don't want the ordinary citizens to know, what we call investigative journalism. <laughs> and, and if the people in power can keep secrets from us, mm-hmm. as they try to do, then clearly we're being robbed of some information, at least, which is essential to self-government. So that's function, That's basically what journalism does. Absolutely. And we've seen um, somewhat of an attack and intimidation on uh, journalism and media within the last kind of uh, last week or so, which is absolutely horrifying. What do you think are the kind of foreshadowing implications of this? Well, the implications are very bad Mm. uh, because what we have in Australia and what's crept up on us really is that ever since September 11, we have accumulated a body of about 75 laws all to do with national security. Mm -hmm. That's just one part of it. Another part of it is that we have these very broad official secrets laws that makes it unlawful for a public servant to leak anything at all, basically, Mm. which they've come across in the course of their work, and there's no public interest defence for them doing so, no matter how much in the public interest the information might be. Right. There, we have extremely weak laws to protect whistleblowers. They look very nice on the surface, but they don't work, and we can see they don't work because there are at the moment two whistleblowers before the courts, one uh, who revealed cruel debt-collecting practices by the taxation office, the other who revealed allegations that 
Australian troops in Afghanistan had committed war crimes. I mean, these are very serious allegations. Both those whistleblowers are before the courts. Um, and then finally, we have a set of laws called metadata laws, which mean that it's very easy for the police and security services to trace any communications between journalists and their sources. So it's that... It's that interlocking web of laws that makes it so difficult. Absolutely, and of course these whistleblowers, sources, leaks are all essential to holding um, institutions accountable and kind of shining a transparent light on them. Within the journalistic profession, what what is kind of the, the rules around sources and that sort of protections, and how are these laws kind of dismantling that? Well, the, law, the uh, ethical obligations of journalists are clear-cut. Mm-hmm. If you receive material in confidence then that confidence must be respected absolutely and in all circumstances. And there's a long history in Australia mm-hmm. uh, of journalists going to prison uh, in order to protect those sources. And that comes about because um, very often stories like this do finish up in the courts. The journalists are put in the witness box and asked to say who gave them the information. The journalists are ethically obliged to refuse that. And if the court decides that that is a contempt of court, then the court can imprison them. That's the way it happens. Mm. Now, we do have some laws called shield laws, which are designed to protect um, journalists in that situation. So far, they have worked quite well. They haven't been tested. They're not very old. They haven't been tested very much. But they have worked reasonably well. But it's not an absolute right of the journalist to say, I won't tell the court. The court will then weigh up whether it can fairly try the matter before it without knowing the source. Uh, and if it decides that it can um, fairly try the matter, then it lets the journalist off the hook. Otherwise, it doesn't let the, let the journalist off the mm. hook. So that's, they're, they're the obligations and that's the way they play out. Now, obviously, these laws we've seen, uh, especially as you've mentioned, uh, kind of introduced since 2011, but also um, uh, also in January of last year and December of last year, these increasing kind of security and censorship laws. Um, do you think, whilst while the government is kind of shutting down on journalistic kind of freedoms or capabilities with releasing public information, do you think we have a culture here that um, Australians kind of accept the role of these these journalists or accept that? Because I know, you know, for example... The um, NRA expose earlier this year was kind of met with mixed feedback from individuals and also there remains to be an ongoing vilification of member, like famous whistleblowers such as Julian Assange. Do you think that we in Australia are accepting that we, like, we want to hold institutions accountable or are we kind of good with just living in bliss? Uh, Australians have always been a bit prone to um, respecting authority too much, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always relied very heavily on the state Mm-hmm. Um, for all sorts of things, economic development, most importantly. And we have great respect for the forces of law and order. So the, the trust in police forces is far higher than trust in the press or mm-hmm. in the media. Uh, that's just the way that attitudes have developed in Australia forever. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, th- there is a problem when you try to kick back as a journalist against um, politis- political policing, which is what the Australian Federal Police have been indulging in this last week, Mm -hmm. then the public at large uh, are more inclined to nonetheless trust the police than trust the media. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I suppose holding, um, we've mentioned accountability and this idea of challenging uh, people in 
authority. Now, Australians are very quick to pose, poke kind of, you know, the finger at other countries who are shutting down on reporting freedoms and stuff like that. It's happening now in our own backyard with kind of these APF raids and stuff like that. Um, there's an absolute importance that we protect our media. Can I kind of just get your sense of what media means in Australia and why we should be supporting things from community broadcasters to our bigger names? Well, I think community radio is um, one of the treasures of, of Australian public life. And I say that for a couple of reasons. Firstly, we have a very highly concentrated media landscape here, very few media voices, and community radio adds to that diversity. That's the first point. Mm -hmm. The second point is it's close to its community, and so it's in touch with its audience, and that, come, that closeness brings with it a level of accountability that the big media organisations don't have. I worked for the Fairfax newspapers for a lot of my life. Uh, I was shielded by switchboards and secretaries mm. and all sorts of people from the, from the public. But community radio is not like that. Um, it's accessible, it's accountable, and it adds to diversity. So I think they're the reasons why I think it's so, so valuable. Absolutely, and thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, Dennis. We're going to have to get you back on the show with these ongoing developments. I, I fear that our media is under attack, and we're going to need you to cover it. Um, okay. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on today and talking a little bit about community radio and media in general. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. And so just getting off that interview, guys, Dennis Small just provided us with three fantastic reasons <laughs> to support community radio. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Another, another reason you should support uh, community radio is because you can easily come in and volunteer with mm. us. Like, that's just, there's no, no other type of media really apart from maybe zine making, where you can make it out mm. of your home, where you can just rock up and be part of it. I mean, there are so many barriers to um, people of colour joining into the mainstream media in print and in radio and television. And so um, that, that kind of barrier... Mm. Like, we do everything we can to minimise that barrier here mm. at 3CR there Community is, Radio. There is no people, us and them. Absolutely. No. People with um, people with disabilities. We have really diverse voices, both literally in the things that you hear and also the people who who raise their voices here on 3CR Community Radio. So, um, you know, people who don't have a heap of money. You know, I don't have a heap of money, and yet here I am on 3CR Community Radio um, sort of sharing sharing stories, and I just I love that about this place. Yeah, we definitely mm. get a true cross section, and also one thing I love is the fact that we're allowed to be passionate on this radio station. Mm. You listen to a whole Probably. lot of mainstream media, and it's just so apathetic or objective, or you know, stating facts, and they're 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 cold and detached, and it's yes. it's either it's selling it for a profit. It's always with a market yeah, interest. It's mm. false centrism where people yeah. pretend to be objective when really they're just reinforcing the status quo. Absolutely, and that's not what we do here at 3CR. Information should never be a commodity no, um, no. and the, the fact that we sell it the fact that we sell information and knowledge um, that can lead to such change is is revolting so in you know kind of donating or being a part of joining us volunteering here mm, at the radio mm. station contributing in any way you can or want it's it's a powerful thing and you are powering uh, we've said it a lot Radical Radio, you're powering yeah. Radical Radio and these people's voices. Absolutely. And people who have just texted in to support Radical Radio on 3CR include Michaela, who just texted in saying, thanks, Wednesday breakfast, great show as always. That was actually, it was thanks, Wednesday brekkie, great show as always. <laughs> and that was $20. Uh, thank you so much, Michaela, for that donation. We also got an anonymous donation over text of $20. $20 for Wednesday breakfast. I'm grateful for your, uh, for you on air each week. P.S. Love the numbers game. Killing it. I promise you we will bring that numbers game back. That was it was fun. a lot of fun. And I think it's a really great way to get across a whole lot of diverse stories and the way that they connected 
through through money and um, things like that. So, yeah, um, speaking of money, if you want to call in um, and make a donation to Wednesday Breakfast, maybe, but to all shows in ge- as well, if you want to do that, call 94198377. That's 94198377. Our show's wrapping up, but your donations don't have to. Absolutely. And as we've said before, all of the breakfast shows are trying to raise a total of $1,000. Uh, again, my each. eyes glaze over. $1,000 each, each is a lot of money. Mm. We are halfway there. We're at uh, $451.70, thanks yes. to whoever brought the 70 cents. Although we have to update the number, we still have to go. <laughs> we still have to raise about $450. Uh, mm. Sorry, $550. So that could be you if you call in right now or text. We're wrapping up the show. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Uh, big thanks to the Earth Matters that came before and Stick yes. Together, which is coming up now. Stay around, guys. You it's going to be fun. We still have time to do our final thing that we do every show, which is what yes. you're grateful mm. for. Um, obviously, I'm grateful for 3CR Community Radio and the great voices. I'm grateful for Barry and Amber May. I'm grateful for Nina Lell, MJ Gaz. Claire, Haller, Ellis, Alex, uh, all these other people, Raya, Emily, Emily, <laughs> Judith, everyone. Absolutely. Um, everyone who made a donation today. We're so, so grateful and thank you so much. Um, I'm going to switch it up a bit. I'm thankful for people who go out and cut trees professionally because yes. my tree in my backyard is still alive <laughs> because of it. Um, and it will be hopefully standing for another decade or so. Beautiful. Yeah. I am grateful for community, just like people coming together and sort of sharing together and getting around. So that's what I'm grateful for this week. Absolutely. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Have a wonderful Wednesday. You're listening to Wednesday Breakfast, 3CR Community Radio. Next up, stick together. Stay tuned. 3CR relies on the support of ethical organisations to keep our vital community of voices on air. And we'd like to thank our breakfast supporters, the new international bookshop, Nibs, at Trades Hall. You can check them out at nibs.org.au. And if you'd like more information on how your organisation can become a 3CR supporter, contact the station on 03 9419 Did you enjoy listening to that podcast? Here at 3CR, we're a community radio station and you're part of the family. Right now is Radiothon, when we ask our community to pitch in with a few dollars that can keep our broadcasts alive. It's easy to donate. Head to 3cr.org.au slash donate. Your support really matters. Only you can power radical podcasts for another year. For more information and hours of great radio, go to 3cr.org.au.